In today's episode, we're speaking to Steve Kidd. Steve is a marketing genius. He has over 35 years worth of experience in marketing and is currently working and helping other authors. He himself is a best-selling author of over 20 books and his current expertise is helping other authors become international or best-selling authors and thereby become experts in their fields. Let's speak to Steve and find out how he changed his life by changing his mindset. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession or working on your passion change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Gul Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have the amazing, the wonderful Stephen Kidd. Welcome, Steve. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for joining us, Steve. Steve, everyone's heard your intro. They know how fabulous you are. But please, in your own words, share with everybody what it is that you do. So I'm a third generation minister, an international best-selling author of multiple books. I actually just put out my 20th book, but more importantly, I get to work with authors all day long. I'm a marketing company with a strong publishing division. We've worked with several thousand authors, helping them everywhere from concept through the writing, the publishing and the marketing of their books to bestseller and beyond. Wow. Okay. Fabulous. So Steve, you said you're, you're a third generation minister. So how does a minister's child get into entrepreneurship and business and so forth? I mean, I'm a money person, so I know growing up, the one thing that I hear from, doesn't matter which <laughs> rich religious you go to, they're all the, the leaders say money is the root of all evil and they have all these negative con- uh, connections with money. How do you, which is very, very refreshing, by the way, how, talk us in your journey. How did you become the successful entrepreneur um, coming from a very religious background? Absolutely. So number one, uh, that verse actually says it's the love of money. It's Agreed. the giving of yeah. yourself to yeah. money Agreed. versus what money can do for you. Yeah. So it's important for us because, you know, a lot of times people do definitely abuse that poor verse. <laughs> yes. Um, but and it's, you know, I, if I just stop you there, it's not just in Christianity, it's across across oh, the oh, spectrum yeah, yeah, yeah. all religions be it hinduism you know mm. judaism it's not it's there <laughs> and, mm. it's, oh, and yeah. it, it's manipulation of words god's words for people's higher own good but anyway that's another conversation uh, yeah, oh yeah yeah totally um you know the answer to that is that i learned very early on that um being a minister doing what you're called to do uh serving other people mm. just purely and truly serving other people um, doesn't necessarily help you be able to pay the rent and feed your children. Yeah. Um, you know, now there are some ministers that are able and blessed to be able to do that, but very few of us are. And mm. so uh, from a very, very young age, I actually was in the business world. I started selling actually when I was five. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's kind of a fun story. Actually, I, my, my parents bought cards and napkins for my brothers to sell and they quickly discovered that they didn't really enjoy that too much and got jobs mowing lawns. Mm. Um, and I was like, can I do it? You know how five-year-olds are, right? <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I 
left with a bag of, uh, you know, of cards and napkins and came back with an empty bag and a pocket full of money. And I've been in sales and marketing ever since. So, um, <laughs> well done you. Yeah, it's been fun to see the two of those, but yeah, you know, I mean, it's really, it's really an extension of everything that I am and how I serve in the world is just mm. by simply, you know, serving people in that capacity. Wow. Okay. So that's at least that that explains you know how you end up being a successful entrepreneur. Now you had the 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 love for it was you know was sort of born into you as a young child. I do find that I think entrepreneurs are a bit of a um a weird uh, or different species. You know, you we 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 don't fit into the convention of having a job. We can have jobs, but we're not satisfied. We're not happy in it, and we you know I, I actually per- personally think we make pretty poor employees. Um, I did my job very well, but I was a terrible employee. I wouldn't hire me. You know. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know, I you know because I was so good at it, I you know I did pretty well. But it it it, it makes sense because you know we always, we want to do something different. We want to think outside the box. We want to go beyond it. We want to cut corners. We want to you know be more productive and so forth. And it can be seen as not following the rules because in a job you have to follow the rules and follow the system. And we don't fit that, that thing. So mm. how did you go from um, you know that five year old who just had this? found this love for sales and and um, and found this love for entrepreneurship to being now a successful you know multi multi uh, national uh, international seller of multiple books what talk us through your journey what what prompted you to come into writing you know i mean i i was a musician all my life i was actually the lead singer uh, in a band when i was 19 okay um, and i've written many songs so i've always been writing in some sport i even remember when i was a kid i um you know i was writing little stories and stuff like that you know it's just always been kind of i've always been kind of a little bit of a storyteller mm-hmm. um but uh yeah really in 2007 my wife and one of our youngest daughters took a trip. Uh, they loved the movie Twilight, if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. And um, they went around because we lived in the area where the filming of the first movie had been. And they went to all the different filming sites and blogged about that. Ah. And I then helped them turn that into um, into a book and publish that for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where we discovered, you know, because we were already a marketing company, but that's where we discovered how powerful being a best-selling author is. In fact, it got mm-hmm. to the point where the clients that we were working with if they didn't have that title, best-selling author, we went and made it. We made it happen for them. We take mm-hmm. a signature talk or whatever and turn it into a book because we need that to maximize their marketing. Mm-hmm. So for then me personally, um, actually, <laughs> my first book, uh, I was intending to write, uh, you know, like a free giveaway. You know, give me your mm-hmm. email address and I'll give you this little one-page sheet kind of thing mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, 110 pages later, I had a whole book written you know, and I just fell in love with the process of it. And I've probably got five or maybe even 10 books that I'm working on right now. And it's just, it's a great way to be able to release that creative part of me and, um, you know, share a little piece of who I am right now today in the world. And sometimes they go out in the world and sometimes they only ever are just what I needed to say that particular day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I went through a similar experience with my, my book and I've got two more in the pipeline, which I haven't been given birth to because I just haven't found the time for it. But I remember, I mean, I did a lot of healing and beginning of my chapter, my book is called Laws of Money and it's all about money. But the beginning chapter is all about how I came to being from a lawyer to uh, to a money mindset expert. But it's a very personal journey. And it's funny writing that personal chapter about the abuse and about what I went through was, you know, what was so cathartic. It was, it was so, it was such a 
it was such a healing process, you know, mm. that I didn't realize I needed. I thought I'd done, I dealt with that. I'm healed. I'm, you know, I'm mm. very successful, you know, money mindset coach. And, you know, I've got, I was a podcast host by then and whatever else. I didn't realize I needed that too, mm. um, to find life a healing process and own who I am and what I am. And, um, you know, coming from a very, I suppose, South Asian background, which where, where divorce is a big taboo, one divorce is taboo, I've got two, um, you know, setting up and owning that. The book actually helped me to put it into paper and say, you know what, I'm very proud of who I am. And I'm so glad I was able to walk away from those marriages. And I'm not justifying yes or no, it was who was right or wrong. I'm just so proud of who I am. But the book allowed me to do it. So I understand what you mean. It's such a it's such a powerful process to even heal. Mm-hmm. Yes, it absolutely is. Let alone, you know, making it um you know as part of your marketing strategies. So let's talk about that then. So how did you um you said you went into marketing? So you became a musician and then you went into marketing. How did that happen? Well, so the musician at that point actually was, you know, you talk about this whole divergent of me being a minister and mm-hmm. me being um in the business world. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the, the band was a Christian band. Okay. So it was a ministry that I was doing, um, you know, and, uh, and then my day job, I was still running a company or working as an independent contractor or doing those kind of things somewhere in, in that, in those days, mostly in sales space. Mm. Um, you know, so it was, and then the flip side to that is, and Gene Simmons, whether you like, the band kiss or not, you know, Gene Simmons is one of the greatest marketers really probably as far as really talented marketing people that you'll ever run into. And like you said, I mean, love or hate him as a person, uh, you know, you got to respect the talent that he's had in that. And so that also did play out into that aspect of, of what I was doing in music in those days. So I'm not familiar with him. Do you want to expand a bit about that? You know, how, how, you know, what, how was that relevant to you? Cause I'm not familiar with him at all. Gene Simmons. So the band kiss, um, which I'm was fam- huge. Okay. I'm well, uh, kiss was a relatively large band uh, worldwide, especially during the late seventies and the early eighties. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day was their biggest song mm-hmm. um, probably ever. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. You know, I mean, they've, they've been a touring band for about 20 years and at one point was the largest, most successful band as far as just music groups go in rock and roll at least. Um, But simultaneously he took, he, he marketed everything. He's the ultimate merchandiser. Um, Ah, You, uh, you, you'd find them all like used now, but back in the day when they were a popular band, there was everything. There were comic books and um, you know, like, figurines and coffee mugs and posters and anything that you could put their logo on their faces on, you know, any of that stuff, he had them available. And in that, in in that, fact, that was, that's actually quite groundbreaking in that year because it's, that yeah. nowadays is very common that merchandise like that is very common nowadays. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't then. Wasn't then. Mm-hmm. And um, among other things, he actually owns a trademark to the money bag. Oh, so wow. whenever you see the, you know, the money bag, he actually owns that trademark. Oh, wow. Okay. And, All right. you know, and, and, and as he got older, um, not that the band didn't still continue to tour, but because of all the success he had had, he's worked with many Fortune 500 companies, like the CEO of the mm-hmm. Fortune 500 companies, developing very, very high-end marketing strategies for, you know, huge corporations, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that was all birthed off of 
just what he did, you know, with the band, just, Mm -hmm. you know, making hats and cups and shirts and all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But it sounds, it sounds really interesting. and very intriguing. Um, I, I, I keep saying that now that's very common, but at that time it was groundbreaking. It's a new area. And, you know, to think that you can sell your faces on, on mugs, um, on, you know, on comic books and stuff like that, it's it's unique. Now it's not so much because it's, you know, every, every, yeah. most bands are doing it. So, you know, I, I can't be <laughs> for somebody to take that came to a mind and, you know, Backstreet Boys and all of that. They, they you know, I remember seeing merchandise from them, but that was later on, obviously, because that was in the, in the 2000s. Okay. Uh, so, I'm still trying to figure out. So the, you, this inspired you to open a marketing company, and you went into marketing. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So um, you know, I, I worked doing different sales jobs throughout all of high school, mm. um, and then when I was 19, I actually was working for a vacuum cleaner sales company and became the sales manager for that company. Oh. Um, and uh, you know, so I learned not only the sales aspect, but I began to learn how to work and train and help people. And so I graduated from high school in 1985. That was essentially 19, late 1986, early 1987. Mm-hmm. And then in 1988, um, I actually was when I officially opened my marketing company. And, and back in those days, most of what I was doing was, uh, you know, we didn't have the internet in 1987 mm-hmm. or 1988. Um, you know, so we're talking gigantic, enormous catalogs that mm-hmm. companies would have of here's all these you know, 10 million products you could buy. And my, my job was to find out what the person wanted, what the company wanted uh, that I was working with, and then dig through stacks and stacks of these kind of things and find them and put together proposals of, to meet what you're looking for, this is the best way to do it, as well as hopefully in most cases, the most cost-effective, you know, not necessarily cheapest, but you know, all of those factors in there. And so that was a lot of what we were doing, you know. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Well, marketing has moved on heaps and bounds since then, which is amazing. Hasn't it, though? Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, think with the rise of the internet, it also came up with, I think, the rise of the uh, of, you know Facebook ads and influencer ads and God knows what else and shout outs and whatever else happens nowadays. It's it's just a, it's a complete mm-hmm. different ball game. Um, and I think that's, that's interesting in itself because it gives individuals individual podcasts as well, you know, to the opportunity to market to their audiences as well. So it's, it's an, it's a different, um, it's a different era. Talk me through. So you, you landed, you landed on this, you, you ended up on uh, landing this, releasing the book and realizing it, you're, you're sitting on a gold mine with the possibility of having, um, you know, best-selling authors. How does that help your marketing? So how does being a bestseller help your clients? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So um, early, early days, 
before we actually even had the word, the internet, you know, I had moved into digital marketing space and have been in that space. And so by the time we're talking 2007, 90 to 95% of everything we're doing is all digitally related kind Mm. of things. Um, And then that book came out and it did really well. In fact, actually that book, which is called Experience Twilight, it's written by my ex-wife, Kathy Kidd, if you ever want to look it up, Mm -hmm. um, uh, it still sells to this day. You know, people are still really into that. And, you know, one or two copies of the book will sell every month. And I was working at that time, basically pretty much one one client at a time. You know, Mm -hmm. I would have one client that might be you know, as much as even a couple of years, because we were doing really high end, Mm -hmm. um, taking people from, you know, like a million dollars to two and a half million dollars in what they were doing in annual revenue. Mm -hmm. Um, So really deeply intense stuff. And um, I literally created the process that I now do for everybody, Mm -hmm. but I created the process to take their signature talk, you know, because they were in-demand speakers. Mm -hmm. And so they had a very well-honed signature talk. I would take that signature talk and turn it then into a book. Mm-hmm. for them on their behalf and then learned all the nuances of how Amazon works and how to get the book and the ebook and all of that out and published for them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we just did literally all that behind the scenes so that we could then go back to their website. Um, you know, social media in especially 2007 wasn't as quite as prevalent as what it is, but it, but you know, it existed we were mm-hmm. still mucking around in, in, in social media space, even back then. Um, I think then, then I think pay-per-click was more common, wasn't it? With Google ads, you know, Google ads. Yeah, more Google ads were real. I mean, they would have been, that would have been kind of the ultimate you would have gone with right now, right mm-hmm. then was, would have been the right kind of a Google ad, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and the other, you know, 2007, don't quote me on this, but 2007 probably would have been MySpace. Mm, uh, it could be because yeah, right Facebook was just you know was just coming to into yeah itself. Facebook was really just basically starting out. I remember I joined it in like two thousand and eight ish, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just it was like a uh, fancy active college yearbook kind of a yeah thing, same you know, here I, I joined I think up, late yeah. two thousand seven early two thousand eight and yeah. it was more of a just connecting to friends from university yeah. and school yeah, yeah, yeah it was exactly. it wasn't it wasn't. Nowhere near did I ever think of using yeah. it as a, for a, for right. marketing purposes yeah. at the time. Yeah, you know, but in all of those places, even in the burgeoning social media, but especially on your website mm-hmm. and uh, and in all of your advertising, it's the power of languaging. Mm-hmm. So, what makes marketing work is the imagery and the languaging that you use. Yeah. Okay. So there's two ways I can sell you a Coca Cola. Okay. I mean, because most of us are familiar with some type of soda, Um, Coke being typically the most popular worldwide. I can either show you this picture. I I was at a movie theater once and and they had this one where this Coke is just pouring over this ice. And it's just so enticing that, you know, you find yourself almost wondering, should I get out of the seat real quick before the movie starts and go get a Coke? You know, it was very visually appealing. The other way is to use language that says things that it's like, uh, you know, I remember a campaign and this was a long time ago, but you know, it was like real, uh, I'm trying to think exactly how the, it was so long ago, you know, like real women use X, Y, Z, you know, um, like there was the, uh, I forget what the product was, but it was like, you know, a really empowered woman can bring home the bacon, can cook it up in a pan and be the best wife to her husband too, and buy this product and you will have all of that, you know? And it was the, the languaging of that because in that time, you know, that was, you know, 
part of the movement that was happening in the women's mm-hmm. movement. And so, you know, that worked. And so one of the most universal, in fact, the number one social influ- social uh, influencer, social or not, the number one influencer title currently is best-selling author. You could become a medical doctor and say, I'm Dr. So-and-so, and this is what my specialty is. And if a person says, I'm the best-selling author of the book in this field, mm-hmm. they will have more authority, authority in a person's uh, subconscious than what the doctor is. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I know that is because all of my doctors tell me that. Mm-hmm. I've gotten more out of the immediately becoming a best-selling author than having been a doctor in this field for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's... And we were beginning to learn that, you know, after that first book came out and doing that with people and honing that and finding that just the ability. So we'll take something easy that most of us have done. You buy a course. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go and get a course and it can be very powerful, but what if the languaging for the course says, this is the course based off of the international best-selling book on, you know, in your case, finance Mm -hmm. and, and, and just that throwing in that phrase, it's the, in, you know, it's the best-selling, it's the international best-selling book. All of a sudden people are like, well, how powerful must this course be if it's based off of something that was that? Mm-hmm. Did, did that answer your question? It did. It does. It does very much so. I think this is, I think it's a different element of marketing. And I think with, with the rise of, um, I'm going to ask that question in a bit actually, but I think with the rise of all the different tools available to us now, I think writing is a lot easier um, I, I remember when I wrote my book, I'm dyslexic, I'm severely, severely dyslexic. So writing for me has always been a challenge. And that's quite ironic considering I'm a lot, you know, my background is a lawyer. And so when I was writing, I was talking, I literally used um, something called, um, what's it called now? Get it's an app basically where you're talking to the app and write. So not Google words, but it's actually something else. And Otter, that's it. So I used Otter. Uh, I, I spoke into Otter and they wrote down, my entire thing and then I you know then I went through it afterwards and you know there are also especially with the rise of AI there's so many more techniques available writing a book is not that difficult now and um, so you know so how do you distinguish between somebody can say well yeah but you know becoming a bestseller especially on Amazon now is you know there's so many bestsellers and so forth what's the you know it, it may have been great at one point in time when you know becoming a bestseller was difficult because it's so easy to become bestseller now how do we know that it's truly authentic and it's worth my time how do you answer that question especially with the rise of ai well number one statistically speaking um over 80 percent of people in the world say they want to write a book mm. less than five percent ever do in fact it's about 3.2 something that actually ever write that book mm. so first of all you know even just getting the book out you've broken in the top five percent of all people okay yeah. but then out of that five percent when you go back take that five percent of people and make that a hundred percent of people who have books mm. only about one or two percent of those books ever become best-selling books mm. even with as as easily teachable. I don't want to undersimplify that there are some nuances to it, but yeah, of course even as, 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 as much as I can do it for anybody, I have hundred percent success rate across the thousands and thousands of people that I've worked with. Um, it still is an elite exclusive group of people mm-hmm. that did that. And I liken it into graduating from medical school. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you graduate from medical school, well, the same thing would be true when you were a lawyer, when you yeah. graduate from law school, that doesn't mean that you can or should or would be allowed to 
you know, take on the largest trial case in the world, you know, or do brain surgery as a doctor, you know, Mm -hmm. that shows that doctorate that you get, you know, whether you're talking medical doctorate or juris doctorate Mm -hmm. says, I have shown the knowledge capacity over this subject at a, you know, at a doctoral level, Mm -hmm. and now am going to go into the practice of, that's what we call, you know, practicing attorneys, practicing doctors Mm -hmm. is because then you learn all the practical applications of that. And Mm -hmm. really best-selling author is that it's the credential that shows and is you willing to put on paper your stuff mm. and make it uh, vulnerable to the world? Because, and I'm sure you remember when you took that test, mm. you know, you knew you knew your stuff, but somebody else got to tell you that you did actually know what you knew you knew. Um, and the same thing is true with the bestseller. Mm. You put it out there, you know that you know that your stuff, but then somebody else, in this case, a third party like Amazon and the people purchasing in that are the ones that then validate, yes, you don't just know your stuff. We're going to give you the seal of approval that you have earned that certification. You have built that foundation that you're going to build everything else on. Mm. And, uh, and then from there, we build everything else on it. So it's where we start. It's not someplace we're going to get to. Wonderful. Okay. Okay. Well, on that point, let's, I want to wrap this up. Where can we connect with you? How can we find you on the internet, Steve? So the best thing to do, I love giving away free gifts. So I've created a free gift for your people. Mm -hmm. If they go to ongoingwealthguide.com, that's Mm -hmm. ongoingwealthguide.com. I've put together a little free uh, five tips to uh, really being able to move from nothing to continuously being able to develop money coming into your, and more so an abundance so that it's not a matter of if your bank account reaches zero, you're no longer wealthy, but more that you have that system in place to continue doing that. And there is a a huge element of that. In fact, I even included in that the link to my free write your bestseller in one hour workshop. Um, And that's a free gift for anybody that goes to ongoingwealthguide.com. They can get that there for free. Wonderful. So if you're listening to us on the podcast, then the link and actually the link to Steve's website will be in the show notes. And if you're watching us on YouTube, then yeah, down below in the description section, check out the links as well. We will have them there for you. Um, Check out and see how Steve can help you to write your bestseller. If there's a book inside of everybody, let's see if he can help you get that out and make it a bestseller. Thank you so much for joining us today, Steve. We will have to have you back on Money Talkies and we can discuss everything about being an author and being bestseller then. But for today, thank you for being such an amazing guest. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you for listening to me and Steve today on uh, Friday Feature. I will be back with another amazing guest, finding out how they change their life by changing their mindset. Until the next time, me, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website, www.gulkhan.com. And if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop, where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance, then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop. And if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money, then go and get my book, Laws of Money, from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.